Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. By the way, the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament will be on Wednesday, May 2nd. I am really looking forward to that. Yeah, it's getting closer, just a little over two months away. Beer before yeah. we know it. Yeah. Uh, I have more fun at that tournament than anything else I do during the course of the year. We have a lot of laughs, good time, kid around, play some golf, good people. I was really glad you got out there with us last year. That way you could experience it. Hopefully you'll be out this year, too. Absolutely. I mean, Sean doesn't play. He drives the cart. But it just was fun having you out there last year. And that'll be May 2nd. It benefits the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Another great year and such a worthy cause. Bonnie, and they do such a great job over there. I'm glad that that is the selection when it comes to charity. So, hey, join us. Have a good time. We'll have a lot of laughs during the course of the day. And we'll do the show out there. You can throw stuff if you wish. Then once the suit leaves. <laughs> All right. So. Luckily, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> once he goes, then, okay, we can have a good time. No. <laughs> so that's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Cash is shot clock at four. Here comes an NBA three. He got it! Holy cow, what a shot by Cassius Winston. And this is how you win championships. Big shots by all the big players. Big three by Cash. Yeah, two friends there, Will Teeman, Matt Stagenga from the Michigan State Radio Network. Will's about as good guys there is out there. And Michigan State wins the outright Big Ten championship in the regular season. That means they have the number one seed for the Big Ten tournament coming up. Ohio State's two, Purdue's three, Nebraska's four. Those four get the double bye. Then Purdue is... Excuse me, I'm sorry, Michigan is five. Uh, even though Penn State and Indiana finished tied for six, the tiebreaker was Indiana winning at Bloomington 74-70. So they're the number six seed. Penn State is seven, gets Northwestern at 6.30 with a 6 o'clock airtime on Thursday night at Madison Square Garden in New York. So that's how it broke down. And if they win, they get Ohio State. Because seven plays two. All right. 
Let's bring in Matt Leon now talking about team rolling. Uh, what again? It's interesting because Dick Girardi was watching the Penn Harvard game the other night, and he was doing play by play at the dinner table the entire time. Matt Leon, uh, the level of play. I mean, just across the board, both teams. I mean, uh, it was one of those games. Like you knew it was a big game going in, and there was obviously a buzz about it. But it was one of those games from the opening tip. The electricity was an 11. You could feel it in the building. Uh, the palestra was sold out. You could tell early on the corner started to fill, so you knew it was going to be a, a big crowd. And uh, all 40 minutes, it was high level of play. Uh, and Penn did what they normally do. They, they you know, the game is close, back and forth, and five minutes left. It's a game that could go either way, and the Quakers make plays down the stretch. Uh, and find a way to win. Uh, I will be stunned if these two teams don't meet for the Ivy title in a couple weekends at the Palestra because they are clearly, in my opinion, head and shoulders above everybody else. Uh, I mean, obviously, you get into a tournament situation, anything can happen. But, uh, you know, Penn defended well. They did a much better job against uh, Lewis the Big for Harvard, who destroyed them at Cambridge uh, at 25 points. They held him, I think, to nine, and he was really a non-factor uh, on Saturday, so they obviously adjusted there uh, and hit some big threes uh, down the stretch. Uh, hit their foul shots. Uh, it was a, it was an impressive performance, and you know this this Penn team that is you know still leaning on a lot of sophomores and and guys like that is twenty one and seven. So it's been it's been something to see. And not only that, but I mean the big really helped them a lot, hasn't he? Yeah, AJ Broder has taken his game to a, another level. Uh, he. Early on in his career, he, he's had a, an impact on the program since he arrived. But I thought one of the things he struggled with a little bit uh, last year was finishing. He would make the moves and get to the bucket and then do a lot of things, but he would leave a lot of points with layups that would roll off the rim and stuff like that. He's gotten much better at that. Uh, he had a stretch of uh, about five halves of play where he was shooting 85% from inside the three-point arc. Uh, he can shoot the three a little bit. He's actually kind of backed off that now and has really been a, a problem down low. He's a matchup nightmare. He's got a great motor, uh, plays defense, great shock blocker. Uh, and once again, only a sophomore. So, uh, you know, it's been fun to watch him get to this point. It's going to be fun to watch him get even better and better. Uh, what, what's the depth of the league like? I think it's Penn and Harvard above everyone else. Then it's Yale alone on the next line, and then you can throw the other five teams in a bucket, and it's whoever uh, gets the right tiebreakers and stuff like that. I might put a little bit of an asterisk next to Princeton because uh, there is some pedigree there. They've got players that were on that team that you know ran the table in the Ivy League uh, and only lost by whatever it was, one possession to Notre Dame in the NCAA tournament's first round, but it just hasn't worked this year. Uh, the depth isn't there. Uh, I feel like they've got three really talented players, and past that, the the roster kind of uh, hasn't come together as of yet. I think they're a team if they somehow sneak in, and they would need to sweep this weekend, and they still need to get help. They could be a team that you wouldn't want to face in a tournament situation, just because of the fact they've got a lot of veteran guys that have been there before, and you might see them have a feel of like almost getting a second chance, and that can be dangerous uh, in a tournament situation. But, uh, you know, Brown, Cornell, Brown and Cornell both can score. They can't defend. Uh, Columbia is a little challenged offensively. They are probably, all things considered, I would say are probably the fourth best team, but, uh, they're all in the, in the same bucket. So. 
Uh, Villanova uh, did not win at Creighton the other day. But how important is it going to be for them to finally get their team back? Because they've been trying to fight through this thing with a, with a couple of injuries. Now, the remarkable thing is they haven't lost back-to-back games in, what, since 2013. That's, a, that's Yeah, amazing. five years. I mean, when you think about that, like five years of not winning uh, back-to-back – or not losing back-to-back games, and at the level they play at, you know, there's some of the, the teams they play at. I'm not really worried about Villanova, uh, you know – number one seed overall number one and even if they were to fall to a number two it doesn't right. you know i i think they will be fine they will be a a force to be reckoned with uh and you i think they might play with a little chip on their shoulder after getting eliminated earlier than everyone thought last season yeah no no question about that uh i gotta ask you about another local team there because obviously penn state saw them penn state lost the game to them and you know, Penn State, had, you know, had a chance to win. Didn't hit a couple free throws at the end, and uh, Ryder hit a three to win. But people don't realize Ryder's twenty-two and eight. Uh, I know they're not going to create any buzz in Philadelphia, but that's not it's not bad. No, no, not at all. Uh, and you know, coming out of that of that conference, they could be one of those teams that I'm not going to lie and say I've seen a lot of Ryder basketball this year. Uh, but I've seen, reading some things I, I, about I've seen them. one game, it was enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, every year teams out of conferences like that sneak up on people. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of what makes the, the, the tournament what it is. Uh, and I remember the thing that always will stick with me with Ryder. I went to a, a conference when I was in high school years ago. It was at Ryder. And I just love the fact that their gym was the Bronx Zoo because yeah. of the Ryder Bronx. And I right. just thought that was the neatest thing ever. Uh, the rest of the city, though, is struggling. Uh, Temple's not been bad this year. But what's been your thoughts on the rest of the city? Um, I think LaSalle's been a little disappointing. Uh, they've had some injury problems, to be fair. Right. And it's not been the number of injuries. It's who's been injured. They lost B.J. Johnson, uh, their leading scorer, who if you watch that game against Rhode Island on Tuesday night when they right. played number 18 Rhode Island, was magnificent. And you can imagine taking him out of a lineup, what that does. Uh, they lost their fine guard, Pookie Powell, for some time. So that was like, that's players 1 and 1A. One and they haven't, uh, and, and they've both missed, uh, games this year. And they've had a lot of games like that Rhode Island game where they're right there and they just can't quite, you know, push it over the hump. Uh, St. Joe's has been hammered by injury. I think this is one yeah. of those years it's almost unfair to judge uh, the Hawks by their win-loss because they've had an awful lot to deal with. And they could still be a pain in the A-10 tournament, as could LaSalle. LaSalle's talented enough where, you know, they get a little they get a, a little confidence, a little momentum with a, a, a win in their first game. You know, I'm not saying they could run the table, but they could uh, make a surprising stance uh, in the conference tournament. I think that for both of those games, and uh, you're seeing signs from Drexel. I mean, if you that Drexel game on it's, Thursday it's, was yeah. absolutely bonkers. You know, yes. where they're trailing Delaware by 34 and end up uh, all, all they do is put together the biggest comeback in NCAA Division One history. But uh, you know, second-year coach Zach Spiker. And it's interesting, you know, Bruiser Flint, when he was the coach there, they were very defensive-oriented. They were kind of a grind-you-down type of team. And uh, Zach Spiker kind of pushes the other direction where they're a little more up-and-down, more free-flow. So that's quite the transition that they're putting together there as far as personnel and stuff like that. But uh, you're seeing signs. I think Drexel, even even before that crazy comeback against Delaware, I thought Drexel was a team that no one wants to play in the CAA because they've shown they can lose to anyone in that conference, but they've also shown they can beat anyone, including the Tigers. could be to keep an eye on that. 
I mean, no, no question about it. Uh, have you had a chance to see anything from the Phillies? What do you know from their camp at all? Um, I, the only things I really look for for the most part out of spring training are, are they staying healthy? Yep. And uh, specifically this year, how are they adjusting with the, the new manager, Kapler? Uh, and so far, it looks positive on both fronts. It is interesting. You can tell he's really experimenting with some things. Uh, they play the Yankees tonight in Grapefruit League action. Reese Hoskins is going to bat leadoff. Oh. Uh, yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. And uh, they're also going to try Cesar Hernandez at shortstop tonight, who uh, has been been the starting second base here. So uh, they're they're playing around with some things. They've got a uh, they've got some extra pieces, shall we say, that I think they have to make some decisions on as far as if they're going to trade or if they're going to try to turn them into utility guys. I think Cesar Hernandez, uh, if they decide to bring up that Scott Kingery, their top prospect, right. or whatever they decide to bring him up. Uh, you know, you've got J.P. Crawford at shortstop, Michael Franco at third. You know, you've got Hernandez who can play all three in theory. Uh, you know, but do you want, does he want to do that? He's proven that he can be a very good starting player in this league. Uh, so they've got some decisions to make. Same thing with the outfield. Uh, they've got basically four everyday guys for three spots. So I'll be interested to see how they play, put it all together. Well, you, know, you had two road games this week, right? Yes, we're uh, Penn's at Yale Friday and then the yeah, regular season Brown. finale at Brown. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. good luck to Steve and the guys. Uh, great guy, great coach. Absolutely. It's been a fun ride so far. Thanks, my friend. Matt Leon, KYW in Philadelphia. Interesting. Reese Hoskins is going to hit leadoff tonight. Now, I don't know if that's maybe to get a couple of extra at-bats, for example. Um, or if there is some analytics reason as to why he would hit leadoff. I don't know. We're all trying to get uh, used to uh, how analytics work these days. Now, it could be just to get him at-bats because it's spring training, so if I lead him off, I can at least get him a couple at-bats. It could very well be as simple as that. could be that simple. Just so you know, we, out of deference to the suit, we did not on the play-by-play call of the day have the announcement that the Olympics are now closed. All right. Oh, stop laughing. No, it wasn't even two minutes after the flame went out last night on primetime TV. Yeah. Which, is, of course, was, what, 14 hours after it actually happened. Right. <laughs> So he already sends me 879 days to Tokyo. And I'm like, oh, boy. Well, you can look at it a couple ways. 879 days of anticipation or 878 days of bliss. All right, we will come back uh, with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. There are a lot of places to get insurance coverage, but only one place in the Susquehanna Valley ready to put four generations of experience to work for you. Hi, I'm Adam Purdy. At Purdy Insurance, we take the time to talk with you and find the right coverage for your needs. 
Everyone's situation is unique, so our approach is to customize coverage to best protect you. Whether it's home, auto, or business insurance solutions you need, call, email, or stop in to see how our commitment to personal service can help protect what matters to you. Uh, interesting. Uh, I hope I maybe had a chance to read the story in Sports Illustrated. Uh, Chris Madras is his name, who won the silver medal in luge. Does that sound right? Um, and look, everybody, um, knows that everybody in the Olympics, they're professionals. They all are. Let's not. Let's not kid ourselves, but they all are not making tons and tons of money. The most he ever made in a season was $16,000. And in fact, he had been slumping. I think he had only made $750 this season. That's it. So you want to talk about guts, perseverance patient wife hanging in there he wins a silver now I don't know if this leads to if the door opens to riches out of this with endorsements and so forth here you know Chris endorse our sled but not all of these athletes they're all professionals every one of them so don't make it I mean the idea of amateurism is Almost completely gone. And I say almost because you still have, for example, like the U.S. Amateur and the British Amateur Golf Championships, things like that. But the idea of amateurism is almost completely gone. Uh, you know, if they're going to invest all that time and effort into their sport, they should be paid for it. And but it. You know, while some make a lot of money, especially through endorsements, the Lindsey Vons, the Michaela Schifrins, and so forth, you get a guy like this in Luge who tops out at $16,000 in a season, is riding the wave of a $750 season because he hadn't been doing well. Now he does this, like, you feel great for him. He did this. You know, his wife's been working, and they've been doing, you know, the best they can to kind of hold things together. And, you know, I was glad to see him have some uh, success in South Korea. Now, of course, the suit will be the first to tell you, these are the stories that are so important to know. And I always tell him, everybody has a story, you know. (laughs) Okay? Everybody has a story. But this is one, you know, of, you know, you've got a lot of people who have done this, where they've done something for a little bit of money, hoping for some payoff down the road, where they have enough confidence in their own ability that they can do it, and even though everything around them seems to be waning, they still hang in and get it done. This is just an example of it. That's a great example. You couple that in with the Jordy Bohannon story, 
as to what he did yesterday to honor the memory of Chris Street with Chris's parents there. There are a lot of good things happening in sports. It's not all negative. But we live in a TMZ world. And the TMZ world loves the negative. They love the shock value. Who can we fire next? Who's taking money? Who's not? Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this. Valley for decades. Finding the right insurance, right price. Auto, home, life, business. You name it, they have it. And if there's a claim, they jump right in as if it happened to them. You want a you know, look, you want a great partner in insurance? Well, you need to be covered. So you might as well go with the best. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And uh, here in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Had a great conversation yesterday with Bruce Rasmussen, who is the head of the NCAA Tournament Committee. He's one of the ten, and he leads it. So Dick and I talked to him for me. I'm, we may have talked to him for like 15, 20 minutes yesterday and about a variety of things. I, you know, I, I asked him about, since he's at Creighton, how happy is the Big East with, uh, with being at Madison Square Garden. He talked about the exorbitant rent, about the union costs and things like that that certainly do come into play. He said there's a great tradition there, and it's, it's held together, and they've done okay there. 
Now, of course, as the athletic director of Creighton, he wouldn't mind if it got moved into the Midwest a little bit, get more of his fans instead of going to New York. But we talked about that. But then Dick asked him about if a team has a player that is hurt, does that keep them out of the tournament? And he said, absolutely not. Here was his answer. So when you're watching this play out, you get in or you're not in based on your full body of work. Where an injury comes into play is when you are seated. The seating is the current snapshot. So your full body of work, regardless of lineups, will be looked at. Now, an injury midway through the season, now X player gets back and you put together a great stretch run. Now, that's taken into account. But if you have a guy near the end of the year that does get hurt, that's not factored in. It's just factored in what is your 30-plus game body of work. Is it worthy to be one of the at-large teams for the NCAA tournament? Now, when the injury comes into play, Bruce told us, is when it's seeding. Say you lose a key player, and you probably, uh, before everything happened, let's just take one of the teams that would be, what, a four seed. Uh, what uh, Ohio State, I think, would be a four seed. I think they said originally, what, three weeks ago? Well, say, for example, let's just pick a guy. Uh, Caleb Wesson, their center. He's fine, by the way. And a good-looking player. Say he got hurt. They missed the last three, four games of the year. And say he weren't available for the postseason. Ohio State, which with him, first of all, they'd be in. So getting in or out would be no issue. The full body of work would be looked at. They'd be in. But instead of being a four seed, they might be an eight. That's where the injury comes into play. So when they sit down and discuss, injuries come into play for teams when it comes to the seeding, not for the entry into the tournament. We also talked about a wide variety of other things, too. But, you know, he has got a great memory. He has a great memory. He was he was talking with Dick and, and myself about, you know, games in years gone by. And he remembered chapter and verse. You know, a couple of games Villanova played up in Buffalo. And he was... And, and he also told us, this is what he does. And this is why... I, and the more I talked to him, the more I respected him. He said, look, I, he says, I look at metrics like everybody else. He says, but the reason I'm here at today's game is that I try to get to as many games as possible. And I also like to go to practices. Because I want to see things for myself. That's critical to me. How often have you heard me talk about, look, if you're going to be good at something, you got to go out and get your hands dirty. you got to get your hands dirty. And I've talked about that many, many times. You just can't. And in this, in this environment, 
right? I don't care what it is. You know, let's, let's take media. I may t- I've told you the story many times about the Red Smith. Here's my two words of advice: be there. You got to be there. You just can't sit in a studio and go, okay, this is what I think. This is what I think. This is what I think. That's why, for example, let's take game day. Game day gets at least goes out to games. They're at least there. They get out in the you know basketball game day, football game day. They actually go to locations. They don't just sit there and watch eight screens. Now, our friend Phil Steele, I completely respect that he's, you know, in his publication, it's hard for him to get there, so he does watch eight, nine games on screens. Okay, I got that part. But in this job, how many hosts in that host chair get out there and do something? But they just watch it on TV, take some observations, blah, blah, blah. You gotta get, you gotta be around something. You gotta see it. You just can't sit there. And, you know, we've had Ken Pomeroy on the show, and you know how much respect I have for Ken Pom. Great stuff. But I also want to see firsthand how it matches up with the analytics. Kind of see it play out in front of your own eyes. So I've seen North Carolina State in person this year. I've seen Texas A&M in person this year. I've seen Oklahoma State in person this year. And obviously I've seen the other 13 Big Ten teams in person this year. Michigan State, Ohio State twice, Michigan, Nebraska twice, Purdue. Not only that, I've seen Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, Nebraska, all in their buildings. And I've seen them on the road. Yeah, obviously I'll get another chance to look at everybody again starting on Thursday. Another guy that but, comes to mind, too, is uh, Dave Rebson from a Big Ten Network. It's, it, it's, always, it's always a great, Dave. refreshing change of pace to hear him call a basketball game where he's out of the studio. Well, and they, see what they do is they go out to practices for football and they do that tour. Now sometimes you know based on who you're seeing, you, you may see it earlier than others, but at least you're out there. You see personnel. Dave, Howard Griffith, and Jerry Donardo will walk around practice taking notes. They're not there. So Tom Deanhart, you know, you know how much I like Tom too. Taking notes. Then you mentioned Dave. Dave out there doing play-by-play of basketball games. All right, I've talked to Dave about this. Why? Because he wants to be able to see everybody in the conference in person once. That way he's got a better feel for them. He's talked to the coaches on site, at a shoot-around. He's gone to the practice. And on top of that, he's then called the game and seen them play. It's just It just gives you a better chance and informed commentary. I mean, you know, it's why you know, it's why I really like, for example, having somebody like Kevin Kugler on. Kevin Kugler takes his own notes. Kevin Kugler does his own prep. Kevin Kugler doesn't have a a chart service get him ready for games. Kevin and I were talking about that, about how important it is when you do a game to do your own chart. 
where you're invested in the preparation. Because there are chart services. I get emails all the time with examples. And I'll be honest with you, the charts they put together and the information they put on, uh, the ones I get are really, really good. They really are. I give them a lot of credit. I look at that and go, wow, that's pretty impressive. But there's no way I would abandon not putting together my own chart where I'm now putting down what I think is important for what I do, what I see, where now I'm putting down names and attaching names to stats and so forth, where when I sit down to watch tapes, multiple tapes, I, I feel I've got a better shot at that I know what I'm watching. And who am I identifying? And then when I watch a practice, and then you know, you got to do you got to do your own stuff. You got to get your your hands dirty in this thing. Back to Bruce Rasmussen out at games and practices, getting his hands dirty. He won't be able to see everybody, but he's seen a lot of people. He was telling us how how being at a Jay Wright practice for Villanova, which is great to have the Creighton. Guy at a Villanova practice, but Jay, Jay let him in. And he was telling us how incredibly efficient that practice is. And so I respect that. So there's 10 people on the committee. Well, the guy that leads the committee has gone out to see teams, get his own impression, get his own thoughts, gone to practices, get his own impressions, get his own thoughts. And I feel like you have a better shot at a better field when you've got somebody that invests that kind of time in it. He also told us a great story about the Creighton game on Saturday. You notice that when when Creighton beat Villanova, you notice what didn't happen? They didn't storm the floor. The Big East would have fined Creighton $10,000. So he made an agreement with the students kept telling me, don't storm the floor don't storm the floor I'll get you hot dogs and beverages right and they bought into it hot dogs and beverages he said now he says I gotta go explain to my university president why I'm buying students hot dogs and and, and soft drinks I said, well, just tell them it's the 10000 you save from not having them storm the floor. You're going to lose it anyway. You might as well lose it this way in your own student body. He goes, says, that's a good approach. I'm going that direction. Uh, Big Ten wrestling championships this week, right, Michigan State? That sound right? That is correct. This weekend. Doesn't everybody just automatically get into the NCAAs when that? They usually have like eight seeds. <laughs> I mean, name somebody who doesn't get in. I mean, it's, you know. But in a lot of ways, that is uh, a prelude to coming attractions because so many of the Big Ten make it and wrestle against each other in the big tournament. All right, we'll take a break. We will come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. 
right. I have one quick question for Arizona. Uh, I don't know what Sean Miller did or didn't do. Let's be very fair about this. We know it's been reported. All I know is that if you're going to report something like that, you better be right. Who knows who's, I mean, who knows who's listening to any wiretaps outside of the FBI. But have you seen Sean Miller's contract and how it plays out? That even if he's let go, I think, I think he would still get $8 million? Really? I mean, who negotiated that? First of all, his agent, of course, should get credit for it. But who in the Arizona side approved that? I mean, who approved that? Who, I mean, the athletic director, the board of trustees. Who approved a, who approves a contract where it, even if you do something for cause, you're let go for cause, you're still going to get 85% of your buyout money. What? You shouldn't get a dime. I did see a tweet over the weekend from ESPN's Darren Ravel. He said that Miller would actually receive more money from Arizona if fired, how about this? Ten point three million. If yeah. fired with cause, then yeah. if he were fired without cause, which is five point one million. It's just I mean, who? I mean, first of all, credit to his agent for negotiating it this way. But on the Arizona side, who's the athletic director? Who's the finance director? And who on the board of trustees said that's really great? We love that. Are you kidding me? Miller still owed about twelve point two million. His contract runs through twenty twenty two. Okay, then there's Justin Thomas. You see this? He won yesterday at the Honda Classic at PGA National. Great. He had a fan kicked out yesterday. He requested that a fan be removed from the grounds on the back nine. Transgression twice cheering for Thomas's shots. That either went in the water or a bunker. Says, we're walking up the 16th tee, and this guy, I don't know who he was talking to, but sounds to me like it was to me. He said something like, I hope you hit in the water, hit in the water, something like that. Just kind of looked back there and didn't say anything. Right? He said, just again, I feel like there's no place for that. And I hit it, man, my ball is in the air. And it's not in the middle of the fairway, and he's yelling for it to get in the bunker. I was like, okay, I've had enough. So I turned around and asked him who who it was, and he didn't want to say anything now that I had actually acknowledged him. So he got to leave a couple of holes early. I don't want to kick someone out just to kick them out. It's just so inappropriate. We're out here to win a golf tournament. I would have done it if he said that to Luke List or to Rory McIlroy or whatever. He says, just because you're standing behind the ropes doesn't mean you can. I don't care how much I dislike somebody. I'm never going to wish that kind of stuff upon them. I felt it was inappropriate so he can go home. Well, Justin, that's an interesting approach. I understand that. I understand you're sensitive about it. And I am not for a fan doing that. But 
The fan is also, as long as they're not disrupting your swing, your backswing, whatever, right? The quarterback comes over the line of scrimmage and the entire stadium is booing. So he can't call out, say, or they're screaming. They're all screaming, so he can't call out his signals. So you got to use hand signals. Baseball, they, they, you, know, you may be at the plate. The ballpark's doing the wave. You're trying to pick up the spin on a 98-mile-per-hour fastball. It's always la- That's what I always thought it was funny about golf. Quiet, everybody. In baseball, they're throwing a spheroid 98 miles an hour. You're supposed to lock in and hit it. In golf, the ball's not moving. Now, look, respect for other players. We all know it's baked into the DNA of golf. Nobody loves golf more than I do, and I know that when the when the when the suit swings, aren't we all quiet, concerned, and quiet? Well, more more on the concern side. Yeah. How about Tiger over the weekend? Finished even par, twelfth place. Made a cut. You know what? I think before the spring is out, he will win a tournament. How about that? Now, I'm, just, I'm not trying to get ahead of my skis here or whatever, but you look at him swing now, and at least he looks like he's swinging free and easy. You can tell he's not... He's not trying to fight pain as he swings. Something to be said for that. Nah, he still has to straighten out his slice. I mean, that part has to be straightened out. There's no question about that. But I think it's huge that he played into the weekend, that he played decently. At some point, I think he's going to string together four really good rounds and get himself back into the winner's circle. He's not there yet. It'll take a little bit of time, more tournaments, more consistency, more competitive rounds. But I wouldn't be surprised before the spring's out that he he picks up a win someplace. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.